The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Morning. It is really good to be here with everybody this morning. I so enjoy coming here to The Springs. Um, When I came to Oklahoma about 10 years ago from the Northeast, uh, The Springs was the first church I visited. Uh, in the other building, in the other facility, and I have loved the spirit of this church ever since for what you do, for who you are, for what you represent, the love that you share, the openness that you provide, and for the way you nurture and love on students that come to OC. And I'm particularly grateful this morning for the subject um, that you're talking about, which is the subject of hope. And I think this topic is really important for two reasons. The first is that there is a lot of hopelessness in the world. Uh, From everything from my experience, my travels, um, the students that I encounter, other people um, that I work with and am associated with, there is just a lot of bewilderment. There is a lot of we don't know what's coming next. There's a lot of giving up. There's a lot of hopelessness that is filling the lives, not just of young people, but people of all ages. I see it all the time. And the second reason I think it's important to talk about hope is because we as the body of Christ are the representatives of hope on this earth. We are the ones that carry Hope, not just for now, but for all of eternity. And the best thing about this hope is that it is not something that we have to conjure up by ourselves. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul has this to say in the book of Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? The hope that we bring into this world is not something that is of us. It is something of God. It is something that is given to us by the Spirit of God. And I think the trouble sometimes that we have is connecting with that. And so this morning, what I would like to do is to talk about how do I connect, how do we connect with this hope that is given to us? Now we couldn't, there's not time to talk about all the ways this can happen, but I think the Psalms give us a really nice roadmap that we can follow as we seek to abound in hope so that we can bring this hope as we have um, as your as your series is this summer, we can abound in hope in our actions towards other people. So what I'd like for us to do is to look at Psalm 33. And in Psalm 33, there is one very clear message, and that is, we hope in God's steadfast love. That is where we can connect with the hope. It is in the love of God. The term steadfast love that's used throughout 
the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, is a term that refers to God's inexhaustible love that never gives up. It's a term that refers to God's love that he has for humanity, for you, for me, for all of us. And this kind of hope doesn't have an end to it. It's covenantal, it's sure, you can count on it, you can see it, touch it, feel it, experience it, and it doesn't run out. And, and unlike a lot of commodities today, God doesn't run out of this. It's not like there's only enough for some people, and when that's used up, there's not enough for this group over here, right? God's steadfast love, God's patience, God's kindness, God's mercy, God's abundant grace, God's provision, God's care, God's understanding of you is inexhaustible. And I find that praiseworthy. Amen? There's enough for all of us. So, Psalm 33 celebrates this steadfast love, and it does so in the context of hope. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to read this psalm for you, and I'd like for you just to let the Word of God just kind of wash over you this morning. And then after we've read it, there are three things that I'd like to highlight in terms of how this psalm works to actually bring hope to us. And I think you will be able to see the connection to how then it applies to us. So let's listen to the Word of God. Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise benefits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the string, strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all of his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all of the hosts <clears throat> breathed in his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea in battle. He put the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world around stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever throughout <clears throat> the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all of humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The warhorse is a vain hope of victory, and by his great might it cannot save. Truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope 
in you. The first thing that the psalm starts with is praise. It ends with praise. And it calls our attention to three things having to do with why it is that we hope in his steadfast love. Right? The psalm, it sort of takes a little journey to wind up in this. These are the reasons why we hope and how we can connect with God's steadfast love and therefore increase our hope. The first one is that in the first part it talks about creation, right? That God made the earth, it is the, all the creation, it all belongs to him, he spoke and it came to be. First aspect of hope is that God's steadfast love holds creation together. God's steadfast love holds creation together. The whole earth is filled with God's steadfast love. This morning, we have already celebrated that with Team Ascend, right? Ben talked about it. Kendall has talked about it. And in, in what they talked about, they were talking about how we connect with the majesty of creation, how we have seen the majesty of God's love from everything from these 14,000-foot summits to a burger. <laughs> now, this is important. The range of experiences that God has created for us to enjoy are not just experiences. They are evidence of how much God is in the creation. Right? If you can sit and enjoy the beauty of a meal, if you can sit and enjoy the taste of something as delicious as a burger in a burger joint, you are, you are receiving evidence of just how much God loves you. If you can summit a mountain and be in awe of what you see, if you can look at the intricacies of flowers and plants and creatures that God made and think, how did this happen? This is amazing. Look at how beautiful this is. You are witnessing God's steadfast love. If you are looking at an engineering marvel or listening to one of the greatest operas that's ever been written, or you are working at your job and you see something truly beautiful in what you were doing, or something really amazing at how something worked. This is evidence of God's steadfast love, that God is in everything. Now, just it's not just that he is in everything. He has always been in everything. It belongs to him. The book of Romans tells us that Everything that can be known about God is, can be perceived in the things that he has, has made. The first thing we learn in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, about God, it is in the beginning, God created. God is a creator God. God is the consummate artist. God is the one whose love for humanity, for creation, right, is evident within the thing itself, right? Most of you all know Genesis really well. Everything, every time God created something, he said it was good. And then when he created humanity, it was very good, right? God is 
affirms from the very first chapter that creation is his, it belongs to him, and the attribute of God that is embedded unavoidably and inextricably from creation is his love. Now, sometimes, like me, we are just way too busy to notice. That's why I think it's so important for us as the people of God to make time, and probably even more time, and even more time than maybe we think we have space for, but to make time to really sit and meditate on the magnificence of creation, and that God's love is steady in that, and that God's love never leaves that, and it's because of God's love that we can then have hope and not fall into despair, right? Because there's a power at work that is greater than our self. One of my, some of you may know, my, my research topic is how do we read the Bible? How do we understand Scripture in light of genocide and things, the, the horrific things that human beings can do? How does the Bible speak into something that is unexplainable, that is unexplainably evil? And some of you may know the, the, the story of the Dutch woman, Corrie ten Boom, right, who was a Dutch um, Gentile, uh, church-going Gentile who hid the Jews, was arrested for it, and was released by a clerical error. And she goes around to witness to this very point. And she says this, and I think this is really important in the world that we live in today when we talk about hope. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. There is no problem so great, um, a, a situation so dark and so black that God is still not bigger than that and able to deliver us from that. We may not understand how, when, or where, but is the faithfulness of God evident in the creation that draws us into the reason that we can hope in God. He is bigger than any problem that comes our way. He is bigger than any disappointment. He is bigger, stronger, more able than anything that besets us. And as a Christian community, that's part of our job, is it not? Is to encourage one another in this hope, right? That's one way that we can encourage each other to have hope is to focus on the beauty, the majesty that's in creation. The next part... That, um, that he goes to in this psalm is found in the middle. Around about verse 10, he says, <clears throat> The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. The point here is, that God's steadfast love holds history together. God's steadfast love holds history together to all generations. God is involved in history. Now, one of the things that we in our culture are not really very good at, and I'm speaking very generally, 
is that we tend not to pay attention to history because we're very focused on what's happening right now. And you may be able to connect with this a little bit because, um, for example, I'll, I'll use two recent movies that have just come out, Top Gun and Downton Abbey, right? The new remakes of these movies. It dates me, for example, to top, uh, on Top Gun to remember when the first one came out, right? A lot of people that I've talked to don't even remember what the first one was, right? All they care about is, well, how good was the second one, right? Same thing is true with Downton Abbey, right? You watch the second movie, but if you haven't seen the series, it's like, what's going on here? Why is everybody crying at the end? You know, it, it's because there's this lack of, lack of history, right? I remember when I worked in industry, my boss said things regularly like, so what have you done for me lately? What's your latest accomplishment? Y'all know this, right? Performance reviews. And, you know, when you're thinking about it, well, you know, like I did accomplish this and this and this, and I did this, and a year ago I did this big thing and all of that. And, but that doesn't answer the question. It's like, well, what have you done for me in the last month, last two months? As if my entire life just didn't matter. My entire work life just didn't matter because, okay, that's in the past. Let's focus on what's happening, you know, right now, right? Sports is filled with the same thing. You, you could have somebody who had an amazing career and then has one big mistake, and all we focus on is the big mistake, as if their prior history didn't matter, right? We all like to figure, you know, concentrate on what's happening now. But when we do that, when we train ourselves to think this way, and we forget history, then we also forget context, and what we also don't ever learn to do is look at the cumulative effect of what has happened to a particular thing, right? Israel always had this problem of, of being so focused on the problem at hand that they forgot what God had done in the past. And yet God's work in the past was evidence for them for how to live faithfully with hope in the present, Right? Because going back and looking at how God was present way back here, and then this happened, and God was present, and then this happened, and God was present, and then this happened, and God was present, and this happened, and God was present, and then this happened, and God was present. And so therefore, based on all of that, now in this crisis, what can you be sure of? That God is going to work. Because you've seen it in history, right? God holds all of this history together. And in this psalm, the affirmation of his knowledge comes to all generations. We can hope and have confidence in God's steadfast love that yes, it's going to work today. A lot of times we get really nervous, right? Because we don't know, okay, what's gonna, how's God going to work in this situation? I can't see it. I can't, I can't get my mind around it. <laughs> right? This is so big. This is so terrible. How is God going to be able to work in this situation? Well, look to the past. That's where your faith comes from. How to, to recount how God has worked in your life. Something that we can do to live in hope and encourage others to live in hope is to keep track, literally keep track of how God has worked in our lives. And to take time when the latest crisis hits to go back and review 
This is how God has worked in my life. Therefore, I can be sure that he will work in my life, that he will not let me go, that he will, in fact, be present. The last thing before we get to the end of the psalm that God, uh, the psalm affirms, comes in this part where he talks about kings. And he says, a king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory, and by its great might he cannot save. Now this is an interesting turn in this psalm because we, we start out by talking about creation and then we move into God's work generationally. Why all of a sudden are we turning to this discussion about kings? Well, part of it is because Israel was always under threat, literally military threat, right? It, it was this small player on this big international stage, right? You have Israel, which is a relatively insignificant country, at least in a, a secular way of thinking, surrounded by these huge empires, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, then Persia, Mesopotamia, right? And, it, the, the, and then in the tribal way, the Philistines and all the people that were kind of, people groups that were kind of familiar about, they were all pressing in on Israel, and this was a big threat to their hope. But here's the big claim that the Psalms ends on. And that is, it's the spoiler alert, God holds international politics together. Who knew? <laughs> right? He is very intentional, the, the psalmist is very intentional to say that kings who threaten, worldly power that threatens is not a match for God. God is bigger even than that. I think that's pretty good news, given all the stuff that's going on in the world today. It just seems like it just gets worse and worse and worse, right? More unpredictable, more scary, right? More not sure what's going to happen next, right? But our faith is, our hope is, it's not in, in being confident in whatever power is going to win the day, right? Our, our strength, our hope is in God, who alone sits on the throne of heaven and looks over and is in control of the whole thing, right? Have you ever wondered, now this is a bizarre question, but it, it pertains to the topic. Have you, ender, have you ever wondered in Scripture, what God thinks is funny. No, really. Have you, ever think, have you ever remember a passage of God laughing? I mean, the Old Testament's not particularly filled with humor, but um, it, it kind of is when you look at some things. But in terms of just out and out saying God laughs at something, right? There's only one place that I know of that says it outright and specific, and it's in Psalm 2. God laughs 
when earthly power thinks it's the ultimate solution. When you have a king sitting on a throne who, thinks, who really thinks they're actually in control, Psalm 2 says that's what God thinks. He laughs at that. Right? Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> the God who created the universe, the God who is in control of everything, the God whose steadfast love permeates absolutely everything in creation, when the creation starts thinking that it is the ultimate or that it is in control, that's kind of humorous because there's no way that can be true, right? And so when we, when we think about all of the stuff that goes on in the world today and we think about how, how overwhelming it is, it is very easy to become hopeless if we do not have an anchor, and that anchor, the psalmist is telling us, is in the steadfast love of God that is seen throughout generations over and over again, that is in history over and over again, and that is in creation every time you look outside or inside at a person, at a beautiful thing. Any, it's always there. There is a story that is told, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll close with this because it's a, a beautiful illustration, um, I think, of, of what we're talking about. There's a story told about a group of rabbis in the Auschwitz concentration camp at the very height of the extermination. And they were there trying to figure out was God actually for them or against them? And they actually put God on trial, according to rabbinic law, for abandoning God's steadfast love and the covenant. At the conclusion of this, it's a true story, they found God guilty of breaking the covenant according to the law. After which, one of the inmates said, well, if that's true, now what do we do? And the answer was, we pray. Because no matter what it is we think, and no matter what it is we conclude, God is still here. Years later, a group of um, Jewish rabbis went to Auschwitz to study this story and to um, look about its authenticity. And after they had concluded and they were leaving the camp, Someone said, one of, the, one of them said to the other, so what do we make of all of this? And the answer was, we're still here. God did not allow that horror to go on. God ended it, and we're still here. God's steadfast love is eternal. It never ends it is always with us, even when we don't see it. It is inexhaustible, it is abundant, it is sufficient, and it is in everything. Therefore, come on. Therefore, we trust in God's steadfast love. And we do so no matter what happens. Let's pray together. 
Father, we thank you so much for the incomprehensible steadfast love that you have for us. God, you are so magnificent and so powerful. You control the universe, you make everything, and yet you are mindful of us and our needs. Father, when we are hopeless, remind us that your hope resides within us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, may we fill ourselves with your love and may we renew our spirit and may we call on upon your Holy Spirit as we look into creation, as we look into history, and as we look into how you are at work in us and in the world. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.